0: Hi, y'all. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Briarly, And we're the hosts of the Happy Eating Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking all about the gut and how it could potentially be affecting how you feel and think. So today's
1: topic is kind of a big one. Mm -hmm. We are talking all about
0: your gut and how it could potentially be affecting both how you feel and think. Yes. The impact that it could have on your mental health. And this is a heavy one, but we're going to keep it super light. So I'm going to tell you what we're going to give you today. We're going to give you just enough science, just a little, just as much as you need to know to really get the connection between the gut in the brain because there is a definite connection. There's a lot we don't know, but there's a connection. And so that you can really understand how different foods may affect that as well as things like stress and lifestyle factors may affect that and then affect your mood. So we're going to give you just enough there, and then we are going to talk a little bit about serotonin, because 90% of the serotonin in your body is actually made in the gut. Did you know that? I didn't until you told me, and I think it's so fascinating. And just a reminder, like
1: serotonin is that feel-good chemical that's in our body, the one that...
0: A lot makes of you, us happy. Yeah. A lot of several of your antidepressants try to increase the level of serotonin. That's how they kind of work right, in your body to make you happier.
1: Oh, so. For which I'm very thankful. <laughs> yes. I really like my antidepressant, actually. <laughs>
0: Then we're going to talk about probiotics or what you need to do to get a healthy gut. And we're going to talk about probiotics, including over-the-counter probiotics that you might buy and kind of what we know. We don't know how you might buy them or if we recommend them. And then we're going to tell you what we do. Yes, that's always my favorite
1: part. What do we actually do now that we've told you all of this information? And hold on, there's this other thing that I think is really important to cover. When we say gut, okay, we are not talking about what is hanging over your pants, okay? Or like in the Pilates class that I went to this past weekend, where it was like all of this ab work, you know, and I thought, oh, yes, I'm really strengthening my gut. Okay, but those were my abdominal muscles. Here, we are talking about the trillions of microbes that live in your GI tract. Okay. And when I say GI tract, we're talking not just from your mouth, but, or not just your your intestines, but we're talking from your mouth all the way to the very
0: end. To the other end. Yes. Okay. So that is a great point. It's not what's hanging over your pants when we say gut. So can you elaborate a little bit more? What is this microbiome you hear? What and what does it even mean to have a, quote, unquote, healthy gut? Like, what – just break it down. What does that mean? Right, right.
1: Okay, great question. So, like I said, when we talk about um, our our gut and having a healthy gut, we're not just talking about your small intestine or your large intestine or your colon. We're talking about all the way from your mouth to the very end. Yeah. Yeah, the exit. Yes, got it. Okay, um, <laughs> because there also all along that track there are these healthy bugs. They're the they're these good good bacteria, good yeah, bacteria. Microbes. Right, exactly. And there are trillions in our body, and and just so to be clear, like it's actually not just in our GI tract. Like they're also you know on our skin, right? But obviously, let's just we're really just focusing on on the, the GI yeah. part, okay? So there are millions of them, or trillions, rather, and un, like I think a neat way that I've read about them is to explain them, like, they're these little factory workers and they're keeping all of our body's operations, like, running smoothly. And so they don't just play a role in our digestion mm-hmm. and, like, keeping us regular, which, I mean, come on, who doesn't want to stay regular? <laughs> but they are... Kind of like they're they're pulling the levers yeah. of, you know so many functions in our body, but also, I mean, let's stay focused on the topic here,
0: our brains, yeah. And it seems so foreign to think that your gut could impact your brain, but that's a great point. I read something the other day where it described your gut microbes almost as like the puppeteer, yes. Yeah. And it's so true. It's kind of scary in a way. But the more we learn now, I will say there's a lot we don't know. And we're going to tell you exactly what is not known and what is known and what's kind of a gray area still. But the more you read, one thing is clear and that's these microbes appear to play a huge role in almost every facet of health, particularly your immune system and particularly when it comes to the brain. Yes. Yes. So, all right, Carolyn.
1: Tell me, when you have a healthy gut, what's that mean? (laughs) I
0: feel like I'm being
1: quizzed. Sorry. (laughs) I just love the way you explain it because I know you explain it to your students this way, and it's really helpful.
0: For people who don't know, I teach Nutrition 101. So I've gotten really good, or I don't know if I can say good, but um, I'm used to breaking stuff down like this. So what I tell my students is a healthy gut It isn't really talking about the number of bacteria that you have. A healthy gut means you have an ample supply of those good bacteria in your gut that you need. When you've got a healthy gut, you have that ample, diverse supply. These bacteria create somewhat of like a protective lining in your intestines, And this protective lining allows digested nutrients like your carbs and your protein and your vitamins to cross that intestinal wall and go into the body. So your body can use it, which is a good thing. That protective wall also, though, prevents a lot of those outside chemicals and compounds um, that have entered through the food that you've eaten or the water that um, that you've consumed. Um, from crossing that intestinal wall they prevent those compounds from getting across and getting in the body so they go on out of your body now so when you've got a not so healthy gut this means that lining isn't as effective and it develops holes or gaps that allow those nutrients to get through still but also some of those compounds and a lot of times this is what you would hear referred to as quote-unquote leaky gut Mm-hmm. Okay, so
1: literally, it is
0: literally yeah leaking. You, you have you have yeah, um, you have you have holes in that protective lining, and the problem with this is once these compounds get in the body, they act as irritants to trigger low grade inflammation, chronic inflammation, which. Is basically at the root for not necessarily causing all chronic diseases, but certainly pushing along all chronic diseases, and this includes a lot of your mental health issues like depression and anxiety. Um, a lot of things that we we're going to be talking about.
1: And that that's a really good way to to kind of qualify it is that it's pushing along. It's not necessarily causing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could, but it's just—it's kind of like laying the groundwork for potential problems. Yeah,
0: I've, I've described inflammation before. It's like a little fire, and yes. it kind of starts. And then, as you have like more irritants enter that in your body, enter your body, that fire kind of grows, and the inflammation spreads and causes more problems. Yes, exactly.
1: And then, hopefully, you never get to the stage where it's a bonfire.
0: <laughs> Very true. okay so the other reason so the first reason you want to keep that junk out so you can have a um, you can avoid having a leaky gut the second reason a healthy gut is so important for mood is that those little microbes they're acting as puppeteers really and truly they are communicating with the brain and that seems so crazy to me that the gut and the brain communicate yes but there's this thing called the gut brain access (laughs) yes but they are in constant communication and these little microbes may be dictating a whole lot of what's going on in our body we we don't know the full extent there's a lot we don't know but when you say
1: we don't know you mean like i don't mean you and me scientists at large i mean i mean yes you and me there's plenty we don't know and as you like to say we don't know what we don't know
0: did i say that right Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah, but um, yes. I mean, all the research that you and I are scouring and going through. Yes. When I say we. Yes. I'm not, and I'm not taking credit for any of that research. I just read it. <laughs> all right. I derailed you. Go ahead. Okay. So these little microbes are directing so much of what goes on in our body. We are slowly learning more and more, but they are controlling what compounds are made. They are dictating what neurotransmitters are made or not made they're um influencing hormone secretions they're controlling a lot of stuff and you know i mentioned earlier 90 percent of serotonin is made in the gut i honestly i didn't really know any of your serotonin was made in the gut until a few months ago so this was kind of shocking to me but it um because that much is made in your gut it shows you how um or it shows the potential for you know when you're gut bacteria get out of kilter when they get off when you have dysbiosis is that how it's called dysbiosis i don't know okay
1: i <laughs> i'd have to google that actually okay well i'm
0: gonna call it dysbiosis with my southern accent and just that add is, some southern to it it'll be fine yeah that is when your gut bacteria get out of whack either in the you've got a lot missing in there from a numbers perspective or from a diversity perspective you don't have the composition and makeup that you should right yeah, dysbiosis <laughs> right dysbiosis and so then things get out of whack and that the problem with that is then all those gut bacteria can't can't tell the brain to make these hormones or neurotransmitters or do uh, send the right messages to the brain right and that's the big issue there so with 90% of the serotonin made in the gut you got dysbiosis, you can see how that can potentially impact serotonin. And and, and, and serotonin is that feel good chemical, yes. the one
1: that makes us happy, the one that we take antidepressants for to help
0: increase make levels. More, yeah. More. Right? A lot of their antidepressants <clears throat> actually incre- try to work to increase those levels, yeah, in your body of serotonin. Yes. So, the idea of doing something that impacts your gut
1: In a negative way, which then could potentially lower serotonin, and then you layer in the fact that we're already talking about, you know, potential conditions like depression where you really want to capitalize on your serotonin. I mean, this is a cluster.
0: Yeah. It's a big mess. Uh, And, you know, this is such a new area of, or not a new area of research. It's a growing area of research. It really is. And, and, you know, I've said before, it's hard for me. It's really hard for me to wrap my, it still is hard for me to wrap my head around. I'm a very visual person, you know, and this, I I can't, um, I can't diagram this. No, (laughs) you can't, you can't, you can't see it. So it's hard to literally wrap your head around it. But the connection in research between the gut and the brain is so overwhelming that I had to just accept that it's there. Yes. But at the same time, there is so much we don't know. And Again, we don't know what we don't know because this is a growing area. Um, so we know there's some kind of connection, but at the same time, we don't really know exactly how that connection is or what it is or how we could change it. Right. Right. There are like little
1: nuggets of information mm-hmm. here, right? Of like how we could hopefully shift it in the right direction, and, and then, you know, there are some studies published, and maybe they're in animals, or maybe they're in people, or maybe they're in petri dishes, and then there's something else that comes out that says, "Ooh, maybe we don't have enough information." But here's the thing: is we know that what you eat and what you don't eat, and even how you live your life, right, can impact your gut health. Yes and we know that your gut health can impact your physical health yes including your mental health right mm-hmm. yeah. or your physical mm-hmm. and mental health so that's like that's like let's we we're, we're, if we're crossing a river right we mm-hmm. step from the bank to the stepping stone and then we can step from the stepping stone back to the other bank where we're having a problem is ma- in in the scientific world is like making that connect is is literally building the bridge from one bank to the next bank okay. and when when i say that i mean like We're having trouble saying, if you eat or do this, it will definitely have this effect on your gut, which will then have this effect on your mood. Yes. We
0: cannot, there is, yeah, I feel like we are in the middle of the river in some rapids. Yeah. Because we have got a lot of powerful information, but we cannot say, eat this or take this bacteria and it will definitely improve this. Um, we can't even say that a lot about a lot of health aspects, much less mental health aspects. But we are going to tell you what we know. But we just, there's a lot of conflicting stuff out there. Yeah. And you've got a, some great examples. Yeah. Example. So, okay. So w- w-
1: when we talk about our gut health, right? I mean, I feel like a lot of people know, but let's just go back and, and make sure we, we're super clear because I'm not sure we've covered it yet. Like <clears throat> probiotics, right? Those, like, good bacteria that you can get through food or you can get through a supplement, like, mm-hmm. those are good for your gut health, right? Like, yes. that's what we've been told. That's what we've read. And then, you know, you and I break it down and we're like, okay, there are studies that suggest that probiotics, you know, yeah. they can they can promote, you know, a good gut microbiome. We know that much. Where, where, again, going back to, like, where the science gets a little tricky is so there was, you know, there's one study that um, that I read. Hold on. I'm shuffling through my papers, so
0: I'm going to pause. You had a 2018 study and a 2019 study. Exactly. Isn't that right? And they were both looking at anxiety and probiotics? Yes. They both looked at anxiety and probiotics.
1: Um, and they both were review studies. Okay. Okay. So a review study is essentially the way I like to explain it when I'm writing an article is they're like a study of studies. Okay. Sometimes they look at just the study conclusions. Sometimes they look at the raw data. The 2019 study, for example, all right, they looked at 21 different studies. And within those 21 studies, there were 14 studies that actually looked at probiotics
0: and reducing anxiety. And when you say probiotics, do you mean like over the counter? Or are we talking about probiotics? in a variety of forms, like through food as well. So in this particular review study, they were looking at probiotics as a supplement.
1: Okay. Okay. Like that was; those were the studies that they pulled together. What they found is in a third of those studies, probiotics were effective in reducing anxiety symptoms. Wow. So that's really promising. Yeah. Right? Kind of makes me want to go buy some. It makes you want to go buy some. Now- uh-oh. Let's go back, okay, <laughs> to 2018, so one year before, right? And sometimes when we look at science, we say like, oh, well, the newer science is the better science. That's not always the case. No. And I'm not saying that the newer science in this, in this instance was bad either. It's just more to, to tell you that it's very hard to make conclusive statements at this stage, right? Okay. So the other study, again, it was also a study of studies, in this particular one they looked at 12 studies over 1500 participants in total right and what they found in and these these were studies these 12 studies only looked at people who took probiotics and anxiety okay so the previous study looked at some other things in addition to taking the probiotics the later study really yeah or sorry yeah. yes the later study the, the 2019 study, study. So kind t- of looking at the same kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. 2018 study of studies found that there was no significant difference between folks who took probiotics and folks who didn't and their anxiety. Oh. Bummer. Right. And so they said their conclusion was that like probiotics And from a that st- you mean that from a supplement standpoint. From a supplement yeah. standpoint. And are not necessarily effective when it comes to quelling anxiety, right? But they also then said part of it is that the data is just insufficient. Like there isn't enough. We need more, right? right? And now fast forward to the 2019 study, which looks promising, but let's remember what I had said is only one-third – of the studies that that study looked at showed that taking probiotics was effective. So that means two-thirds of the studies that they looked at showed no effectiveness of probiotics. Right. So I'm not saying don't take probiotics. I'm just saying we don't don't know know. yet if it's
0: going to work. Well, I will say one thing that I've seen is if you do want to take probiotics, and we're going to get more into that here in just a second. Um, but it does not appear that there is harm, or much, there is significant yes. harm in taking them. Yes, we just we just don't know how much benefit you'll get. Basically, we don't know how to manipulate the bacteria to use them therapeutically to improve things. Really, in all in all aspects of health, right? But mental health. As well, I think is what you're saying. Yes,
1: yes. When it comes to probiotics and mental health, we really don't know. And I know I use the example of anxiety, but but I mean, they're really okay. mental wellness. Mental is one wellness. big group. Yeah. So to me, we really don't know. How, we don't know how probiotics could potentially help. Right. We don't know what so, strain. We don't know what
0: quantity. You know. There's a lot of unknowns. Basically, in theory, improving your gut health should improve your mental health or ease symptoms. Yes. But we don't know because we don't know how to use them yet. Now, you want to drill
1: down and you want to take a whole lot of vitamin C or a whole lot of vitamin E or a whole lot of vitamin D, which you could equate to taking a whole lot of a single strain of probiotics in your body. We know... That that could be harmful. We yes. also know that in some instances it could be helpful. But the point is is that we actually know more information about those individual vitamins and minerals now. And we
0: don't know that yet about probiotics. Very true. Yeah, they're like the new vitamins and minerals. And we yeah. don't know much about them. So if people do want to take an over-the-counter probiotic, there are some things they should know. One is they need to research suggests that they need to get a multi strain type of probiotic. Because honestly, you don't know what your gut is lacking or what's out of balance. And really from what I have read, the only way to really know that is to take a biopsy of your gut lining and I'm not signing no. up for that. I'm uh-huh.
1: just gonna throw that out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm way into this topic, but uh that part yeah that's really the only way to know truly like what you might be high in or low in or what's out of whack so your best bet is to take a multi-strain probiotic just like a multivitamin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly exactly so hopefully one of those strains in there hits the jackpot on what you need exactly insurance policy yes yes but <laughs> you know in honestly you know it may not have what you need in there but that doesn't do any harm but it's kind of I can't tell someone yes adamantly you need to go buy a probiotic supplement and take it to improve their overall health or you know or mental health but probably doesn't hurt well and then there's also
1: you know the the advice that I love most is that if you are uncomfortable or unsure of taking taking it in a pill, quote unquote pill format, work on getting it through your diet. And I want to be clear here that when I say that, I'm not talking about like specific prescriptions. Okay. Like, I mean, you need to take your prescriptions. What I mean is like, for me, if I'm talking to somebody and they're like, well, should I be taking a fiber supplement or should I be eating my fiber? And I'm like, well, Mm. eat your fiber. I'm not saying you shouldn't take a fiber supplement, but you know, if you're not so sure, eat your fiber. So in this case, you could
0: also eat your probiotics. Yeah. So I think we both come from the standpoint, we kind of take more look at it from a two pronged approach when it comes to nutrition. And next week, we're going to talk a lot more about specific foods. So we're going to get into this a little more specific foods in general for mental health, but we'll be getting more into the probiotics as well as prebiotics. But kind of a two-pronged approach we see it as first taking care of what you've got Mm -hmm. and then maybe considering adding stuff in through a supplement so but I feel like the first one is what people so overlook it's so true yeah I mean I do too yeah you got it I mean you got some good bacteria in there feed them take care of them help them grow and thrive you got to take care of that so I feel like that's what gets missed and that's really where people need to start
1: yes it's like you you need to nurture what you already have before
0: you try and add to it yeah kind of like you need to get your kids straight before you have any more kids (laughs) (laughs) solid
1: parenting advice (laughs) over here but I'm gonna veer out of parenting advice because I'm not feeling um, very. We're not experts. In I'm that. not feeling like I'm one to be do- doling out parenting advice this week. This <laughs> week, it might change next week. But yes, so take care of what you have first before you add to it. Yes. And then once you've started to take care of that, yes, yeah, sure, okay, yes, maybe and we dabble can dabble in go a little in if and- you want. So how do you take care
0: of what you've got? That was what I was just oh. gonna ask you. Oh. Well, I think um, I think there's there's two ways. One, you've got to feed what you have, but then also you've got to change your diet or, or make some changes so that you don't kill off what you've got as well because mm-hmm. there's a lot of foods, um, particularly that in your um, or a lot of compounds or aspects in food. Um, particularly in your processed foods, that the ba- our bacteria don't like. Right. Like your trans fats and your added sugars and your artificial sweeteners.
1: Your processed red meats, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. kind of uh, of items. It, I mean, really, they're – okay, so we bring it back to when you need to take care of what you've got, it's really about what you should be eating more of and what you should be eating less of. And it's and, – and I think that's because we – You and I both take the, like, everything in moderation kind of approach. Mm -hmm. And we're not alone in that. There are plenty of other health professionals that that dole out that advice. But nevertheless, that's very much at our core, right? Mm -hmm. And so so it's not saying don't eat those things. It's just saying that... When it comes to your gut health, you're going to be better off limiting the artificial sweeteners, the refined grains, the processed foods, the
0: processed, you know, meats. Got to keep your kids happy, which does not mean you don't give them a lollipop some of the time. I love that. That's great. But – But at the same time, I also load them up with broccoli. I know. Exactly. (laughs) And and some yogurt.
1: Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) let's have some blackberries with that breakfast Uh cereal, you know, Um, and make sure that there's some milk and don't just eat it dry so that we can get some more nutrients in there.
0: So taking care of what you got, it's we're gonna limit those foods that our gut bacteria does not like. That are A lot of them cause irritation, cause inflammation, and that disrupts the gut bacteria. And on the other side, we are going to feed and nourish them with prebiotics and probiotics. And when I say probiotics, I'm not talking about the supplement over-the-counter kind. I'm talking about food-based ones. Right, and so that is the yogurts. Yes. And the, the fermented foods. Mm-hmm.
1: The sauerkraut. The um, refrigerated sauerkraut. Yeah, thank you. Not the canned. The kimchi's. Mm-hmm. The kombucha. Kombucha. Oh gosh. I actually I went because I knew we were talking about this mm-hmm. today and I thought, how amazing would it be if I just took like a little sip of my kombucha while I was sitting here while we were talking about this? Where is it? Well, I went to go pour it because you know I buy the big jars, oh, you do. yeah, like the big ones, the big bottles, mm-hmm. and sometimes I buy two or three. Anyway, I only had like just the tiny little bit in the bottom with like the oh. little bit of scoby left, so I thought I'm not going to bring this. I mean, this is like a shot for later. I'm going to go home and take a shot. Everybody. <laughs> the bottom of my kombucha.
0: So eating those food-based probiotics that have and essentially that they have live bacteria in them through the fermentation process or through yes. however they are made. But then you've got your prebiotics. And again, y'all, we are going to go much more in depth next week we're talking about foods that could impact your mental health. And we'll be going even more in depth in specific foods. But prebiotics. Do you want to talk about what prebiotics are? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're
1: those fibers in our foods that are indigestible to us, right? And so mm-hmm. instead what happens is they go down into our GI tract and the gut, the microbes in our gut actually eat those indigestible fibers they and then love t- them. turn them into compounds that are good for us. Yes. If
0: you hear ever hear something like about short chain fatty acids, those are good those good. are what they what they make and they are really really good for you very good for you
1: but okay so i i like jumped right to all of the awesome effects but i didn't talk about where you get these indigestible yes. fibers okay this is not rocket science this is the same stuff that people have heard that dietitians, that you and i have been talking about for years we are back to fruits and vegetables and whole grains and plant-based proteins because that is where you get those
0: indigestible fibers and and that doesn't mean you have to go vegetarian we're just saying we none of us are getting as much fiber as we need from our diet natural fiber from fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and that kind of thing and that's what our good bacteria live off of I read, or no, I listened to a podcast on gut health the other day. It was really, a really good one. And it was talking about, I think they said cabbage. And they said, and this was just a random example. So there's nothing in particular about cabbage that does anything spectacular other than provide fiber. But I said, you know, your taste buds may not want that cabbage or may not seem to want that cabbage. But those gut bacteria, when that cabbage comes in there, it's like, when they, and it comes into your intestine, it's like somebody walked in with a round of fireball shots. They at a party. are so happy. Yes. <laughs> I loved that. That's a great way to look yes, at it. Yes, it really is. They I, are so fired up. That, I mean, that is the fuel for the party. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Get the party started. Yeah. So you're anything, essentially anything with fiber, but per- particularly a lot of your fruits and vegetables
1: okay hold on this might be a little tmi but i do think that it is really important that we talk about it Uh you've listened to this podcast you are now inspired right to fuel the microbes in your gi tract, and so you run out there and you're adding the probiotic rich foods and you're eating the fiber okay go slow folks (laughs) go slow (laughs) Because there are some repercussions of going too fast. It's you like figure it out. It well, your body has to have a chance to adjust, and especially because you just said most of us don't even eat the amount of fiber that it's recommended that we get. So now basically if you're going to go like all in, I mean, you might be pouring gasoline so on the fire. So what
0: I recommend pe- pe- people to do is kind of um, – is to use something like MyFitnessPal or something to track your food for intake for a- – two to three days just to get an average ballpark um it's not the it's not totally accurate but you can get an average ballpark of what your usual fiber intake is yeah and then maybe work on going up five grams you know add five grams to that for several days and maybe increase a little bit more also increase your water but go slow Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yep yep to say the least you sound like you speak from experience (laughs)
1: I may have had some experiences with folks in my life who I've tried to help them increase the uh, fiber in their lives. I'm like a really big advocate for fiber. like i I think fiber is like the cream of the crop when it comes to nutrition. like that it, that is I am crazy about fiber. And you know, I've had some i've I've done it wrong with a few okay. close people in my life.
0: <laughs> Are y'all still friends? Well, one is my
1: brother. <laughs> So, yes. I mean, friends as much as family can be friends. It's always fun to test stuff out on family members. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one.
0: What do you do? Let's talk about how we've talked about a lot of science and we've talked about we got to take care of what we got Mm -hmm. by making changes to our diet, decreasing some things, adding some things. And then we've talked about the other facet to that after that is maybe adding some new ones through a probiotic supplement, but we can't guarantee that's going to do anything. It probably won't do any harm, but we can't guarantee it'll be do anything. So let's break that down even more. I want to know exactly what you do. (laughs) Okay. Well, I feel like I already previewed two things.
1: One is I'm a huge kombucha lover, like lover of kombucha. Definitely like big bottle in my fridge every week. I'm also a big proponent of fiber. Um, I get a lot of my fiber through fruits and vegetables and plant-based proteins um, and grains. I will say that I do love whole grains, but I've read research um, and I've talked to experts about how even if you eat... Um, more of the refined grains that like you can still get fiber that way, um, mm-hmm. and I'm a like I'm a lover of like a nice piece of sourdough bread, uh, right? Yeah, you know. And we eat a lot of cereal in our house too. So anyway, fiber, kombucha, plant based proteins. Uh, we do some we do some tofu in my house. Good for y'all. Um, and then so that's what I I do um, with my kids. I have one child who loves tofu, another who's so-so on it. Then, interestingly, the child who's so-so on tofu loves kombucha. And the one who's way into tofu is, you know, she'll drink kombucha, but she'll only have like maybe two ounces, where the other one will drink like an eight-ounce glass. I'm just impressed. And now I will the, say, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to come and, and tell me how I shouldn't be giving my kids kombucha because there can be alcohol in it. Which I, Oh my gosh, I mean, it's
0: such a very small percentage. And
1: I understand that, I, and I respect that perspective, and it's not like, I, I mean, I do not let them drink
0: the big old bottle that I'm drinking, but nevertheless, so there's that. Because of the fermentation process used to make kombucha, a, a byproduct is a very small amount of alcohol in it. But it is very, very small. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: And then perhaps one that also might be a little unconventional that we haven't talked about and is not diet related is with my children. When they're outside playing Mm -hmm. or whether it's with the dogs or in the dirt or, you know, swinging on the tree swing or whatever, and we come in and eat dinner or lunch on the weekends, I don't make them wash their hands. Now, when they come home from school,
0: it's just pre-COVID. Yeah, they're without, washing like their if they're hands. playing in the dirt. Yeah, I'm kind of with I kind of with you. Like being in public and coming home and washing your hands. Yes, definitely, yes. especially now that we're in the COVID era. Yes, but I'm with you. If that, I've always felt like that, like if they're in the backyard playing, especially with dirt. Yeah, like you kind of want that because there is a theory. I think it's referred to as the hygiene theory that part of our gut issues has to do with all of our cleaning and sanitizing yes our obsession which
1: currently right now i, I let's say like our obsession pre covid yeah. I, I don't even want to go into the covid times because yeah, that's, that's a whole other ball game yeah. but i am yeah. pre covid yes yeah. like our you know our our obsessiveness with cleanliness mm-hmm. you know and so it might be a little unconventional but it is you know it it's just something that I've kind of tried to practice with my kids because I figure it's a good way to to get a little, you know, extra bugs in there. Yeah. Okay.
0: How about you? What do you okay, do? Well, I cannot say that my kids eat tofu like you.
1: <laughs> there are so many things, though, that I have to say my children don't eat. <laughs> you know, like they will not touch – A chicken breast with a 10-foot pole. Really? Will not. So when I talk about, like, cutting back on processed meats and red meats and stuff because that's good for your gut, like, that's
0: not happening in my house. Okay. Okay. You make me feel better. Yeah. All right. Okay. But they will eat the tofu still. Anyway. All right. Go ahead. I interrupted you. So we – I am really banking on the yogurt and the fiber and the fruits and vegetables and whole grains coming through for us. (laughs) Yeah. That is where we are getting our bulk. We are big yogurt eaters, big fruit and vegetable eaters. Well, they're big fruit eaters. I, I push the vegetables too, and then and then whole grains um, and beans and that type of thing. So, I'm big on the kind of the natural approach. We do take a probiotic supplement. Um, it's a multi-strain one. It's one I order offline and I keep it refrigerated. And it was recommended to me by a doctor who's a specialist, a pediatrician specialist, Who and she said this is a good one to try. So these bacteria, these that we are referring to as probiotics, the good bacteria, they're alive. And in order for them to be effective, you've got to keep them alive. Yes. Yeah. That is why yogurt, one of the reasons why yogurt is refrigerated. A lot of your higher quality probiotic supplements have to be refrigerated to keep these bacteria alive right. and it's a multi-strain one um, but honestly I, I'm gonna be quite honest I go back and forth like I am not as diligent with everybody taking it like I am with some of the other supplements that we take like the omega-3 and the vitamin d I'm not as diligent because half the time I was like what is it even doing anything but then I'm yeah. like well why not take it you, know. I, you have to fight, you know, pick your battles. So, yeah. So, you know, about 50% of the time we take it every day. And so is it a liquid? No. It's a pill? It's a
1: capsule. It's a capsule mm-hmm.
0: that you keep refrigerated Mm -hmm. do
1: you need a prescription to get it or can you buy it i know you said you got it online but do you need a prescription to get it or can you buy it just over the counter you can buy it over
0: the line um over the line you can (laughs) buy it online um i haven't seen it in any stores but then again i live in alabama so we don't have the biggest supply but I i buy it online and anybody can get it okay But yeah, I'm hesitant. I know people are going to ask me and we'll post this what it is. But I can't guarantee that it does anything or that it'll benefit you, you know. So but this is what I take 50% of the time. (laughs) I have never been a big supplement person until about two years ago. And we had some health issues in my family that really motivated me to start taking certain ones. And I really saw a significant difference. And when I say motivated me to start taking some ones, that also includes my children. So they went from maybe taking one or two a day to, like, a whole handful of things. Not that we take that many things, but some of them you got to have two of or something. And right. so we always do it after dinner um, just because I'm in that routine. And But you have to watch them. They think I am a crazy health nut passing out these supplements now. And you have to, <laughs> I literally have to watch them swallow these things to ensure if – and, you know, sometimes you just get distracted. I'm usually putting up dinner, trying to watch them take it. And I get distracted. So when I was, when we were moving last year, the kids were gone. I was, you know, doing one last, I was, the movers were there. And I found just pills and capsules under everything, <laughs> under every pillow, under every cushion, in every, in the back of every drawer. I just started, I got a Ziploc and I put them all in there and I, took them to my kids. I was like, look what I found. I know what you're doing.
1: See, and I'm the type of parent who I would look at it and be like, do you know how much money is in this bag that you just threw on the ground under the sofa?
0: Well, I did cross my mind to make make them take them. <laughs> but then I thought. I mean, they would
1: have gotten a little <laughs>
0: extra bacteria,
1: right? But Okay, but this is why we pick our battles, right? And so sometimes the probiotic one is not the tree that you bark up because – You're not feeling as strong in the science behind that as you are some of the others. And already that's
0: a battle. Uh, Yes. yeah, Exactly. Good point. Yeah. Hopefully we haven't scared people away too much because we talked about bugs. So I think our takeaway would be we both definitely feel like your gut health impacts your brain health. And that includes mental health. Mental wellness. Mental wellness. We the wrong term. And I think we both are agreeing that really the best, most proactive way to improve your gut health is through food choices. Yes. Minimizing those that your gut bacteria don't like and increasing those, particular those fiber-rich ones and those ones with bacteria in them, those natural probiotic foods. Exactly. Yeah. And – Maybe consider a probiotic supplement after that. But again, we just, we don't know enough. Right.
1: We definitely don't know enough. It will continue to evolve. But it is something that is helpful. There isn't much, if anything, that says don't do it. So it's worth incorporating into your regimen. Yeah. I would love to hear if listeners would tell us what they do in terms of
0: probiotics, and like, if they have found a good supplement, I'd love to hear what it is and why they like that particular one. Absolutely, if they've seen any kind of benefit, I cannot say I've seen benefit for mine. But then, what kind of benefit am I looking? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to keep my little kiddos inside my gut happy. Right. Exactly. We can't.
1: See I never them. knew they were
0: unhappy. And how unhappy were they on the scale of unhappiness? Right.
1: And we were talking about severe, or we. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they need to do the depression scores. Yeah. I would love to hear from listeners as to whether or not they are taking a probiotic supplement or are they eating probiotic-rich foods and... In either direction, what are they doing? And if they have a supplement that they recommend, we want that too.
0: Yes. And just a reminder, next week we are getting all into specific foods and nutrients. So we're going to go even more in depth into what to eat and what to minimize. So that is next week. We're talking about the foods and nutrients that have a definite effect on mental health or appear to have a definite effect.
1: Right. And that's the semi-spoiler part is that, there's some more conclusive research there, so we can we can give some area. legit advice. So semi yes. spoiler, come back, listen next week. Thank you so much for
0: joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton, and I'm Carolyn Williams. If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes, and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. Follow me on Instagram
1: at Briarly Horton. That's B-R-I-E-R-L-E-Y-H-O-R-T-O-N.
0: And you can follow me at real food, real life underscore R D. We'll have that information down below in the show notes. So don't forget to follow us. See you next week.
1: Bye. Bye y'all.